0: And a warm welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold and today is uh, that lovely hour of the week where we talk about someone from the Old Testament. Dr. Peter Kapsner and I are always uh, happy to be doing this together and talking today to Dr. Jarrett Stevens. He serves as Senior Pastor of Champion Forest Baptist Church in Northwest Houston. And I tell you, last time he was on, we just couldn't get enough. And now this is, I think, his third time on.
2: Yeah, Jared's been great. I mean, <laughs> welcome back every time, right? The way he's able to unpack the biblical text in, in a way that's, um both has the depth, but also our ability to follow the story. He, he just has an unusual ability to, to tell these stories of the Old Testament in a way that really hits our lives. I, I love having him yeah. on.
0: Last time he was on, Peter, I don't know if I shared this with you, but my IQ went up nine points. Did it? it?
2: Yeah, Yeah, I'm not at all surprised. Like, I have noticed your use of three and four syllable words far more effectively since that time. And that's all
0: verified by a medical um, (laughs) non-professional.
2: I bet bet it is. You you took a quick quick quiz on on YouTube, did you? No, I didn't. I talked to someone in person. Really? And they did verify? wow. wow,
0: Nine points. You're smarter. Why? Wow, and I said, "Well, I talked to Dr. Jared Stevens."
2: He does make us that way, though, He's doesn't the he? Best. And this is a great example today. The character we're going to talk about today, I feel like I should know a lot about, but, but I you actually, don't. I genuinely don't. But I you don't. Yeah, I will be revealed as, as an Old Testament fraud on this episode because I think I do know a lot about this character, but, but you don't.
0: You no, asked me if it, if he rhymes with Midian. <laughs> I, this I is how
2: uninformed you are. <laughs> I, I yeah, no, I, the the fraudulence is in full display today yeah. in terms of this. Yeah. But you said something about a fleece, and I think he also like has he has to go buy a. Uh, uh, some kind of water and he, and he has fewer soldiers as he goes by. So we're going to let, let Jared handle that. Yeah. Peter. I think that's, that's you're beyond just, my pay grade just for sure. Turn his mic off. We'll be fine. Okay.
3: <laughs> Jared, welcome to the show. Well, so good to be with you, Bill, Peter, great to hear your voices and uh, always a pleasure yeah. a privilege to be on with you. Really. Well,
0: you are a brilliant teacher and I don't say that very often. Thank you. Yeah.
3: Well, thank you so much. That means a lot coming from you. You'll, Y'all, y'all get to hear a lot of people, have a lot of people on, and I'm I'm deeply honored. So thank you so much for your kind words.
0: Well, I mean it. So let's talk today about Gideon and his life. I think it's recorded in Judges 6.
3: Yes, sir. And Judges that is 6 and 7, and uh, it's a great story.
0: Yeah. Well, your teaching style is so good, and I, I want to make sure we are supporting you as best we can, but we really want to learn from uh, you about Gideon today.
3: All right. Well, you just cut me off when I it's will. time for a commercial break because I got a lot to cover. Let's get going. And uh, I'm really glad uh, to be on and to all those that are listening, wherever you're listening from, maybe you're in a car or- in a living room somewhere, a coffee shop. uh, So grateful for you tuning in like this. And I think it's just so important, you know, uh, just uh, Christian radio, getting good, solid biblical teaching. And Bill, thank you for your ministry and and what you provide for uh, us as listeners every single day. And so we're really, really grateful. Judges 6 and 7 is the story of Gideon. And, you know, if if you're able to take a Bible and a notepad, I think it would help you. You can write things down and follow along. Uh, if, if I had to label this Bible study uh, title, I would call it The Warrior Way. Uh, my daughters are uh, in school at a uh, Christian school right down the road from our church, and the mascot is the Warriors. And so when I read about uh, Gideon's life, I-, I thought, you know what? The Warrior Way, here it is. Uh, now, here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to see God today if I had to break the outline down, take an unlikely man, he's going to initiate an unlikely plan, and then he's going to use this man and this plan to bring about a very unlikely victory. It is a great story, but before we get into it, it's always helpful to, to have a little context and catch you up to speed on what's going on. The nation of Israel at this time here in Judges 6 And seven are what I call a cycle of insanity. Uh, If you remember from their history, they are uh, led into the promised land by Joshua, and the command that God gave was, look, as you enter into this promised land, you're going to have to drive out uh, the inhabitants of all of these different cities, all of these different villages, all of these different nations. You drive them out, and God was using the nation of Israel to execute his judgment on those that were worshiping false deities and living in sinful practices You remember he called the nation of Israel to himself, and he called them to be different, to be separated from the world. And so in driving these people out of the land they were now inhabiting, he was eliminating the possibility for them to fall into idolatry and apostasy. At least that's what he was trying to do. And so this is the story of Israel's history. They do a good job of this for a little while, but then they start compromising. They start giving a little here and there. And I know this is another sermon for another day, but it's great practical application. That you know, small compromises can lead to devastating consequences. I know there's people listening right now, and you know you're making small compromises and you don't think it's a big deal, but it, it's moral fault lines, right? Like earthquakes, they're a big deal, but what led to that big deal are those little faults underneath the surface that are giving way an itch at a time. And this is how Satan works, that if we give them a little bit, uh, you know, we, we t- tend to not uh, reap anything from it. We think we got away with it. Uh, but that's not at all the case. You give the devil a tiny little opening and he'll wreak havoc. And so I just want to encourage those listening uh, to learn from Israel in this. Don't make small compromises because they can lead to huge huge consequences. And uh, compromising on what God has clearly stated is always going to lead to pain and heartache and regret. You can take that to the bank. Now, Israel compromises. Again, this is the context where we're going to meet Gideon. And uh, you can see, if if you had your Bibles, if you started reading in Judges chapter 1, you would see down in verse 27 that Manasseh, uh, the tribe of Manasseh, they did not drive out the inhabitants. Uh, If you read in verse 28, the Bible says when Israel grew strong, they put the Canaanites to forced labor, but did not drive them out completely. See these small compromises? They're not doing what God said. God said, you drive them out, you get rid of them. Judges 129, And Ephraim, another tribe in Israel, did not drive out the Canaanites. Verse 30, Zebulun did not drive out the Canaanites. Verse 31 of chapter 1, Asher did not drive out the Canaanites, uh, uh, the, uh, the inhabitants. Judges 133, Naphtali did not drive out the inhabitants. Translation they disobeyed God. And as a result, I want you to listen to what God's word says, because they compromised, they didn't obey the Lord. The Bible says in Judges 2, verses 11 through 15, the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and they served the Baals. And they abandoned the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt. And they went after other gods from among the gods of the people who were around them and bowed down to them, and they provoked the Lord to anger. And if you continue reading, the Bible says that the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. He gave them over to these inhabitants that they were supposed to drive out as a form of judgment. And the Bible tells us that they were Israel was in terrible distress. And so I call it the cycle of insanity uh, because uh, this goes on for years and years and years. People sin against the Lord. God would raise up a deliverer in our context, a person known as a judge, i.e. the book of Judges. God would use that judge to deliver the people of Israel. They're safe and secure for a time, but then they fall away and worship other gods. God then sends Israel into judgment, usually in the form of a pagan people defeating them. Israel gets good and miserable, cries out to God again. He hears again, sends another judge to deliver them again, and the cycle continues over and over and over. It is this cycle of insanity, disobedience. They cry out. God raises up a judge. He delivers. They're good for a while, and they enter in sin again. And this is the context where we meet uh, this man by the name of Gideon. For seven years, a people called the Midianites, have been handing it to Israel. They have overcome them, oppressed them, again, just as a form of judgment against Israel for their disobedience. I tell people the Midianites were treating uh, the Israel like the Astros treat some other baseball team. <laughs> here in Houston. Uh, just rolling them up, doing them wrong in the worst of ways. And it's even described in Scripture, Judges chapter 6, The Bible says, the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord gave them into the hand of Midian for seven years, and the hand of Midian overpowered Israel. And because of Midian, the people of Israel made for themselves, this is how bad it was. The people of Israel made for themselves dens that are in the mountains and caves. Uh, Whenever the Israelites planted crops, the Midianites and the Amalekites and the people of the east would come up against them, and they would encamp against them and devour the produce of the land. Uh, you know, they, they were just bullies toward Israel. And the Bible says they would come up in verse 5 of chapter 6, and they would be like locust in number. Both them and their camels could not be counted, and they laid waste to the land as they came in. And Israel was brought very low because of Midian. And the people of Israel cried out for help to the Lord. And at this point that we meet Gideon, and when we read about Gideon, I just want you to listen to how he sees himself, how he refers to himself. He does not in any way come across like a warrior for God that we're talking about. Uh, he doesn't come across as a warrior in any way. You're not going to think that God could use him in any significant way. And this is why I refer to him in this first part of this study day as an unlikely man. And so we meet him in verse number 11. The Bible says, now the angel of the Lord came. And this is most likely because of other places we see the angel of the Lord showing up, the pre-incarnate Christ. He shows up, and uh, he's, uh, Gideon, the Bible says, is beating out wheat in the wine press to hide it from the Midianites. And so I want you to notice from this passage of Scripture that Gideon is, first of all, he's scared for his life. He's hiding out uh, in a wine press, uh, beating out the wheat. If you're a farmer, you didn't beat out wheat inside. You do that on the outside because the wind would blow the chaff away and leave the kernels of wheat to fall to the ground. And so typically you do this at a higher elevation in order to catch the most amount of wind on top of a hill or on top of a mountain. Well, Gideon, he's not in a high elevation threshing wheat, but instead he's at the bottom of a hill inside a wine press. It'd be the equivalent of us, uh, Bill, Peter, it'd be the equivalent of us taking our, you know, maybe a rug and uh, or maybe our car seats and taking them in instead of beating them outdoor to get all this dirt off of them we take them inside the house and and shake them out Uh, it doesn't make sense but the scripture says he's doing this because he's scared for his life in fact verse 11 says he's hiding from the midianites and so you have this young man here that's scared for his life he's extremely insecure verse 12 says the angel of the lord appeared to him and said to him the lord is with you o mighty man of valor now mm. this has been this has always been funny to me cuz Gideon's hiding out for the fear of his life <laughs> and the angel of the lord shows up and says you're a mighty man of valor wow and i'm thinking gideon probably turned around and looked and who's who's this angel of the lord talking to yeah uh, and, but you know, the, the word valor in the in dictionary, it, it means great courage in the face of danger, mm. especially in the battle. And, uh, what the angel of the Lord was saying is Gideon, you're a warrior, but that's not Gideon. I mean, I've got to imagine Gideon saying, what are you thinking? But you know, before we go to our first commercial break, I just want to emphasize, isn't this just like God, uh, he sees things in us that we don't see in ourselves. He speaks words of life over us, words of potential over us. He sees who we are uh, when we allow him to get a hold of our lives. You know, when Jesus first saw Peter, it was Simon. But now he said, from now on, you're going to be Peter. You're going to be a rock. Peter wasn't a rock at the time, but he would be when Jesus got done with him. Well, the same goes for Gideon. He's not a warrior for God in this moment, but once God is done with him, he is going to be a mighty Man of valor. God sees who we are when he is working in us and through us. And so I just say before we go to this first commercial break, Bill, Peter, don't you ever think to our listeners, I just want to encourage you don't you ever think that God can't use you? Don't you ever think that God won't use you? It is the unlikely man or woman that God loves to use. And so I want that to be our first bit of encouragement before we take a break here. I I love it. And, uh, And it's just an important thing that God can use anybody.
0: What a spectacular start to the show. We're going to take a break. Uh, Dr. Jarrett Stevens is our guest. We're, of course, talking about Gideon. When we come back, Peter has got a question for Jarrett, and he's very nervous. Uh, Right now he's breathing into a little brown paper bag. So when we come back, we'll find out uh, what that question is. We'll be right back.
1: You are listening to an Encore presentation of Afternoons with Bill Arnold, faith, hope, and clarity in a special repeat performance.
0: Well, we've got so much great material to cover. Dr. Jarrett Stevens is our guest. We're talking about Gideon today in our Old Testament series, and we are loving this discussion. And Peter, we talked so much during the break. Do you still want to ask your question?
2: Well, I, I, it's a tough question and I don't want to get us on a bunny trail away from it. But, uh, Jared, as you were going through some of the backstory and, and noticing that the reason why Israel is in such trouble is that they failed to drive out some of the people of the land. And I, ha- I did have a question come up in class, uh, this last week and I didn't know if I, if I answered it as effectively as I'd like to, but maybe your perspective on this sort of violence about the need to drive out some of the pagan people in the land. Some of my students were really disturbed by that and, and what that, perceive what they perceived about God in the midst of God wiping out people groups. Do you, there any, any thoughts or or help you could offer on that?
3: Yeah, I would just say, you know, God, we've got to remember that God was in a covenant with the, with the people of Israel and uh, you know, God's a holy God and he was exercising his judgment on these pagan nations. And that's his right to do as a holy God. Uh, Sometimes, you know, our, our American Western mindsets, Uh, We don't you know, we 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 tend to lose sight of, uh, you know, just what God was doing at this this time uh, in the nation of Israel's history. And so the way I say it is he was using Israel uh, to um, uh, he was using Israel to exercise his judgment uh, on these on these pagan nations because Israel was called to be holy uh, as he is holy. And so uh, we don't like the answer to that and and that's normal and natural we get it coming from our mindset and the culture in which we live but in the times of the bible that's that's especially in the early times when god is uh creating a people for himself this was there the, he was this was this was the the, the god ordained plan uh for the people of israel they were they were going to settle in this land the promised land and in order for them to uh be holy and be the consecrated people god had called them to be he called them to drive out uh, these uh, pagans, and that's how he exercised his judgment. And so, you know, I would parallel it to this. Today he doesn't ask us to drive out people groups. You know, that's not what he asks us to do. He doesn't have to – he doesn't uh, use a certain nation, uh, uh, you know, a particular specific nation to exercise his judgment. He does rule. He does use governing authorities. And, of course, we know uh, there are you – know, politi- you know, in our geopolitical systems he, he, he can use – uh, armies and stuff like that to exercise his judgment. But this was a monotheistic culture in Israel, uh, very unlike what we have today.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, that's such a good answer. Yeah, Thank you, Jared. Let's resume our teaching with you. But I also have a question, and maybe you will address it. It, just, yeah. it has to do with the how difficult it can be to witness our faith in our own families and how Gideon destroys the false gods that his family had been worshiping. And it wasn't until then that I think he received an anointing from the Lord. Let's just see if that shows up in the teaching.
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we can touch on that. And I'm going to come back uh, to that at the very end. Okay, good. Uh, So, yeah, we will touch on that. Um, So, you know, we're talking about Gideon being an unlikely man. Uh, God shows up, the angel of the Lord calls him a mighty man of valor. And, uh, you know, Gideon doesn't think that. He's from the tribe of Manasseh. Uh, He's from the lowest of the low. Uh, we're going to see here in just a mo- moment. He says, my clan's the weakest. How? How? I'm the least in my father's house. And, you know, it just goes to show his insecurities. I love the humanity of the scripture. Um, and, and I just want to encourage, again, those listening uh, that God can use you. If you'll lay your fears down and your insecurities down and you just bring them to the Lord, he'll use you in a great way, uh, just like he does with Gideon. But again, uh, he was plagued uh, by them. Uh, Gideon said, please, my Lord, this is in Judges six thirteen. If the Lord is with us, why then has all of this happened to us? I'm sure somebody's asked that question. If God's with me, why is this happening to me? And where are all his wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us saying, did not the Lord bring us out from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of Midian. You know, it's always, it's always hard to remember the blessing of God when you're in the middle of heartache and despair. And I think this is why it's so important again, I'm getting very practical here for a moment, but that we journal out our spiritual markers in our life, because you're going to go through tough times. Life is a series of ups and downs. I was just preaching this weekend and uh, just talking about how evil is a part of life. We live in a fallen world, and it's really hard when you're in a tough time, when you're in a valley season of life, to recount and remember the blessings of God. And that's why I just always encourage you so write down those spiritual markers because you're going to need them. You're going to need to go back and recount the faithfulness of God during times when He doesn't seem to be faithful. You don't think that He's being faithful, and uh, and so just again, just a practical point. Uh, Gideon, he's he's in such a bad place. He's forgotten how good God has been uh, to the to the nation of Israel, and so uh, God. If he's calling you to do something, lay those fears down, lay those insecurities down. Remember, God's moved in the past. He's going to move again. I think of people right now that are, God's probably calling them to step up in their church and maybe teach a small group or a life group, and yet insecurities are holding them back. They, you know, they, you don't think you'll be good in front of people. You don't think you know enough. You don't think you have enough knowledge. Or maybe there's somebody listening to us today who God's calling them to quit their job and to go into full-time Christian ministry. But you're sitting there, Don't you don't know how it's going to add up. You don't have the education or the experience, it seems, and your insecurities are holding you back from being obedient. Or maybe it's something as simple as baptism. Uh, you, God's calling you to be baptized and identify with the church and show the world what you believe and to whom you belong. Uh, but you have fears and insecurities holding you back from doing what God is telling you to do. And so I just want to encourage you, step up, Step into the calling God has for you, and uh, I want you to hear what uh, God said to Gideon. He sees things in us that we don't see in ourselves. And uh, the Lord in Judges six sixteen says to Gideon, "I will be with you." That's what that's what everybody needs to hear today. Uh, that's all Gideon needed. He could you know notice the angel of the Lord didn't he didn't uh, he didn't argue with the fact that Gideon was from the weakest of the clans. He just said, I will be with you. And uh, to me, that's the greatest promise in all of the Bible, that God will be with us. It's mentioned twice in this passage of Scripture in in Judges chapter 6, verses 12 and 16. I'll be with you. The promise of God's presence ought to give us confidence, and it ought to drive out every fear and insecurity uh, we have. I love, I just want to underscore this. I want to stay here because I think it's so important just for a moment. God loves. Underline, underline, underline. He loves taking the most unlikely people and using them in great ways for his glory. Uh, The New Testament cross-reference to this would be 1 Corinthians 1, 26 and 29. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. He chose what is low and despised in the world, even the things that are not, to bring to nothing the things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. God is getting ready to use an unlikely man in such a way that God alone could get the glory. He loves taking the weak, to shame the strong, the foolish, to shame the wise. This is how our God works. I think of it in my own life, Bill, Peter. I can't believe that God allows me, a little country boy from Louisiana, to stand up every single week and preach to thousands of people the Word of God. I mean, the fact that I'm on this radio show today is is a testimony to the glory of God. Amen. Uh, I mean, it's just amazing. It is. And so uh, we just never want to get over that.
0: Yeah we are up against a hard break. We're going to take a short break and be back with Dr. Jarrett Stevens as we continue studying Gideon. And this is our Old Testament series. Dr. Peter Kapsner and I are very happy to have him. Be right back.
1: You are listening to an Encore presentation of Afternoons with Bill Arnold faith, hope, and clarity in a special repeat
3: performance.
0: We're back with Dr. Jarrett Stevens. He's the senior pastor of Champion Forest Baptist Church in Northwest Houston. And we're always so happy to have him on. And Peter, uh w- Peter Kapschner is also with me as we continue our Old Testament series, which we've been doing for a long time, and we're going to continue doing it. But, Jared, right before we went to break, I think you had mentioned a verse in 1 Corinthians, and a listener said, what's that verse?
3: 1 Corinthians one twenty-six through 29. Perfect. Thank you for that. And uh, Yeah, it's great. The, God chooses what is low and despised to bring to nothing things that are. So uh, that's what we're talking about. God chooses unlikely Uh, people, and in in Gideon's case, he was an unlikely man. I want to jump into the second part. Now we're going to see that God works an unlikely plan. Now, uh, God, we know, works in mysterious ways. All of us have heard that. Your grandmother probably said something happened in your life. She said, God works in mysterious ways. Well, just think about it in Scripture. I mean, David kills a giant with a slingshot and a stone. Uh, An entire nation, think about when uh, Israel was in slavery, escapes from Pharaoh, by splitting the sea, uh, you, you get your first, when, they, when the nation of Israel goes into Jericho, instead of going to war, what do they do? They march around the city with the band. I always didn't understand that. You know, you'd be like going to do a football game and you send in the band uh, for, for victory. And, and and that's how God works. Uh, he uses Elijah, a guy from the, the backwoods of nowhere, uh, and uses him to call down fire from heaven. You see it over and over and over again. That God works in mysterious ways. He loves using unlikely plans. Always think of that verse in Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9. God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And uh, this is the plan for Gideon here. Uh, I bet you this plan that God had for Gideon to have victory over the Midianites did not register in his finite mind. Uh, Here's a glimpse of the unlikely plan. If you look at Judges 7, if you have your Bibles and are able to, verse 2 and 3, the Bible says the Lord said to Gideon, the people with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands. Uh, lest Israel boast over me saying my own hand has saved me now, therefore proclaiming the ears of the people saying, whoever is fearful and trembling, let him return home and hurry away from Mount Gilead. And listen to this. Then 22,000 people of the uh, people returned and 10,000 remained. Uh, God said, listen, if anybody's scared, give them a chance to go home. And 22,000 people did. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm I'm thinking, if I'm getting in this moment, I'm thinking God has lost his ever-loving mind. <laughs> uh, I think I would have told him right there, you know, God, I, I don't think I heard you right. The cell phone signal's dropping, but God's not done. He says, uh, you've got 10,000 soldiers ready, and he said, that's still too many. And so he says, listen, I'm going I'm to give you a test. I want you to go down uh, to this little uh, valley of water right there, and anybody that laps the water with his tongue, as a dog laps, you set him by himself. And uh, likewise, anyone who kneels to drink, he says, this is how I want you to separate them. And uh, you know, I love going to the Holy Land, Bill. I'm going. I'm taking a group uh, in December uh, to the Holy Land uh, again this year, and we'll go by uh, right here, uh, what we, what is called Gideon Spring. And, you know, the Holy Land's a beautiful place to go. It's one of my favorite places to go and teach. But, you you know, a lot of times you're on somewhere and you say, you know what, this is where we think this happened, or, you know what, this is where church history tells us this happened. It's something else when you're in X marks the spot. Like, we know (laughs) this happened here. And Gideon Spring is one of those places. It hasn't changed much. And, man, I love taking our groups to Gideon Spring and teaching this lesson here. It's just beautiful. And so you know what happens if you're familiar with the Bible, uh, those that laughed the water, they put their hands to their mouth. That was 300 uh, people. The rest of them went down, and kind of laughed it like a like a dog drinking water. And the Bible says, "I want those 300 to come with me. Those are going to be those are going to be the ones that we're going to win this the battle with." And it's a strange plan, uh, you know, whittling it down from from 22,000 to 10,000, from 10,000 to 300. But you know what I've learned through the years. It's always best to simply trust God. Uh, No matter how crazy it is, you just go with what God directs. He sees things from a different perspective than we do. He sees further than we do. He knows things that we don't. Cap it all off. He's God. And so I just learned learned it's best to trust Him. And He narrows this army down to 300 people based on how they drank from water. I don't understand this. I don't don't either. (laughs) But you know what the Bible says? The Midianites and the Amalekites, this is verse 12. They're along the valley like locusts in abundance. They're camels without number, like sand that is on the seashore. You got 300 people, verse, without number. But, you know, you studied Elijah already in your Old Testament character series. Uh, you know what? What I learned with, uh, with Elijah is one plus God equals a majority. And here Gideon is 300 to without number. And uh, when you've got God on your side, when he's with you, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what you're up against. I mean, that should, be, that should encourage our hearts today. If somebody's listening and there's a, there's a mountain that you've got to climb, there's a barrier in front of you, you feel alone. I'm just telling you, God plus you, you have a majority. Uh, God is with you. And, he, and um, here he's with Gideon, and he's going to call Gideon to, to do something here that takes some faith. It's going to take some courage, and uh, it's going to take some power. And I'm sure God saw that in him. And so you have this unlikely man. You have this unlikely plan. Let's whittle it down. And now what we're going to see is God gives this unlikely man with an unlikely plan a very unlikely victory. And uh, the Bible says he divides the 300 men into three companies. He put jars into their hand. This is verse 16 of Judges 7. And he emptied the jars and put torches inside of the jars. And he said to them, Look at me and do likewise. When I come to the outskirts of the camp, you do as I do. And when I blow the trumpet, all who are with me, I want you to blow the trumpets. On and on every side of the camp, you shout for the Lord and for Gideon. And Gideon and the hundred men who were with him came to the outskirts of the camp, and they did exactly that. And when they did, the Bible says, Every man, this is verse 21, every man from, from the Midianite camp, they started to run. They cried out and fled. And when they blew the 300 trumpets, the Bible says the Lord set every man's sword against his comrade and against all the army. And the army fled. Ultimately, we're told in Judges eight twenty eight, so Midian was subdued before the people of Israel, and they raised their heads no more. And the land had rest for 40 years in the days of Gideon. An unlikely man, an unlikely plan brings about an unlikely victory. And this mighty warrior who didn't think he was a, war, a warrior at all ended up winning this great battle uh, today, uh, this great battle that day that we're still talking about today. And so what I want to do uh, after this next break is I want to go into the application of this message, uh, Bill and Peter, and I want to talk about the what I call the warrior. Wait, we've seen the unlikely man with the unlikely plan, and God brings him an unlikely victory. But I want to get to some application because, you know, all of these Bible studies we teach, you ought to have shoe leather to it. You know, it's, it's answering the so what question. How is this going to help me today get through my work? How is it going to help me with my family? And when we come back from break, I would love to share some application to this message uh, that we've heard today, this Bible study. And, and it's what I call the warrior way. And we're going to learn to be like Gideon when we come back.
0: All right. The nice thing is, Jarrett, we still have about four minutes before we take our break. So if okay, we can if we go can,
3: into it. Yeah, let's Let get started. The first point. Perfect. Well, number one is this. If we're going to be a warrior like Gideon, accept who God says you are. So this is all about identity. Gideon. You're a mighty man of valor. Now, Gideon on the surface wasn't, but this is who God said he was. And what God says is reality. See, we're we're so assaulted by our senses, what we can feel and touch and see and hear. uh, We think that's reality. But the reality is what we can't see, touch, feel, and hear. Uh, And God, he speaks to uh, Gideon's identity, and he speaks to our identity. We've got to accept who we are. Priscilla Schreier, Tony Evans' daughter, has a workbook on Gideon, and I would encourage anybody out there to get it. It's so good. But Schreier writes that many of us—listen to what she says. She says, many of us see ourselves as fearful, but God sees us as courageous. Many of us see ourselves as incompetent, but God sees us as capable. We oftentimes see ourselves as ungifted, but God sees us as highly equipped. We can tend to view ourselves as worthless, but God sees us as extremely valuable. To the world, you and I are rejected, but to God, we are accepted and called beloved to the world. And maybe even looking in the mirror, we see ourselves as insignificant, But to God, we are special. And so I just want to emphasize here, accept who God says you are. And when you understand that you are clothed in Christ, that you are a new creation in Christ, this isn't positive thinking. This is spiritual thinking. Can you imagine how our lives would change if we got up every morning, looked at ourselves through the lens of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, and saw ourselves as God sees us? That's what is a beautiful truth. And I just want to remind people here before this break that all scripture points to Jesus. And just like Gideon, Jesus was nothing in the world's eyes. He was weak. No one expected much from him. And just as God gave the Israelites victory in an unlikely way, God gave us victory in an unlikely way by sending Jesus to a cross. God used Gideon to break the yoke of the Midianite people. He used Jesus to break the yoke of oppression and sin On the cross and in the resurrection so uh, the first point of this warrior mentality if we're gonna if we're gonna walk in the warrior way it is to understand uh who we are in christ and that just like gideon won this battle in an unlikely way jesus went to the cross and won the battle for our souls in an unlikely way by shedding his blood and it's when we give our lives to him that we can truly have an identity in Christ that keeps us secure, so that we can move forward by faith in the days ahead.
2: And Jared, when we talk about identities like that, we get so many messages, uh, even from friends uh, of ours, from time to time, just about our identity. And so we we kind of have to sit in this uh, maybe day in and day out for a while until this really sinks in. I'm guessing.
3: Well, it's where your time alone with the Lord is so important uh, because. Uh, you know to your point, uh, we wake up and we've already got noise coming in radio, podcast, TV it's always noise, social media, and it's your time alone with the Lord where you slow down and you open up God's word and you get what God's word who he says you are it's romans twelve two right don't be conformed to this world but be mm-hmm. transformed by the renewing of your mind and so we can only be transformed when we give our mind to god's word john seventeen seventeen thank God, Jesus said, sanctify them by your word. Your word is truth. And so we are set apart and we realize our identity when we give ourselves to God's word, and we've got to do it every single day.
0: So good. So good. We're going to come back with more applications from the story of Gideon. Dr. Jared Stevens is our guest. We'll be right back.
1: listening to an encore presentation of afternoons with bill arnold faith hope and clarity in a special repeat performance.
0: We're back with Dr. Jared Stevens. We're talking about Gideon today and we're talking about practical applications, which I love. We already covered one and that is uh, that our identity in Christ is so important.
3: So. Yeah, we got we got to accept who God says we are, Gideon. God said, you're a mighty man of valor. He sure didn't think he was, but God saw that in him, and it's our identity in Christ that is what what matters. second uh, point of application that I see from the story is eliminate excuses for doing what God has called you to do. Uh, remember the promise God gave Gideon. He's, it's, it's ours as well. I will be with you. Gideon tried to make all kinds of excuses of why he couldn't do what God called him to do. He was too weak. He was too young. He was too inexper- uh, inexperienced. I think of Moses when God calls him to go to Pharaoh. He says, I can't do this. I got to stutter. We're always making excuses. But listen, if we're going to live the warrior way, uh, the way Gideon lived, uh, we've been given a word. We've been given a promise, and we need to move forward on it. Now, the interesting story about Gideon, you know, in Judges 6, if you read it, he fleeced the Lord. Uh, He put a fleece of wool on the ground The ground is dry And uh, the fleece is wet from the dew And he says God if you do that I'll know that you're in this And it happened as such And then the next day just the opposite The fleece is dry and the ground is wet I know you're in this And and it'll give God Israel The bottom line is Gideon fleeced the Lord Is what we call that You know when you ask God to give you a sign But he didn't need to Uh, God was gracious to give him one But he had already given him his, his word And a promise And that's all Gideon should have needed. It's all we need. Uh, We don't need a sign from the Lord that that he's going to do anything because he's given us his word. Uh, He's given us as a promise that I will be with you. And uh, again, this goes to underscore why Bible study, personal Bible study is so very important. Uh, It's because when we get alone with the Lord, that's when we hear his word. That's when he speaks truth into our hearts. And uh, that's when he gives us his promises, and we learn of his promises, and we can hold tight to them. And so I would just encourage those listening today, I'd ask this question, what is God calling you to do? And then I would really challenge and encourage you not to make excuses. If God has called you to himself into salvation, spoken into your heart, and said it in his word, that's all you need. And so no more excuses, no more excuses, for not being in God's Word. Uh, He's given you His Word, and all it takes is time to devote to it. No more excuses for not investing your resources in the kingdom of God. Um, This is something that He calls us to do. No more excuses for not using your spiritual gift in the body of Christ. No more excuses for not sharing the gospel with your neighbors and friends and coworkers that don't know Him. The warrior way is to live with no excuses. Uh, Gideon had a word from the Lord, uh, I will be with you, and we have that same word, and so we can go forward in faith, and we can eliminate excuses. The third application is to face your fears by acting on faith. Face your fears by acting on faith. Now, look, for there to be faith, fear is always going to be present. It's what makes faith faith. Uh, Gideon had to face his fear And I wish I had time uh, to go into this, but uh, I don't. You mentioned this earlier, Bill, Peter, one of you talked about Gideon. You know, he was called to face his fears and act on faith at home before he was called to face the Midianites uh, and face his fears against them. Uh, If you read uh, Judges 6, 25 through 35, that's the story of Gideon. The first thing God asked him to do is destroy the idols that his family was worshiping. And so he had to face his fears and act on faith there and be obedient there and win the victory in private there before he ever won this public victory uh, with the Midianites. And that's a great lesson for us to learn that, listen, all of us want these public victories, but we don't get public victories if we don't have private victories. Uh, You know, uh, a public victory for me, uh, preaching a, a sermon in front of people, that's a public victory. Uh, if I do it right and do it well and do it as unto the Lord. But I don't get a public victory if I don't have a private victory first by spending time alone with the Lord in prayer and asking him to anoint that sermon and asking him to fill me with his presence and asking him to uh, uh, speak through me in a a way. You know, private uh, victory precedes public victory. And some of us, Uh, We look good in public, but we're losing the game at home in private. And I just want to encourage uh, everyone listening that our private lives ought to line up with our public lives. And before we can ever do anything in a consistent way in a public manner, uh, we better be living it out in a private manner. And Gideon teaches this. Uh, He moved by faith. And incidentally, it's in why he's in the hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, The Bible mentions Gideon right there in Hebrews chapter 11, Uh, and so uh, I love to think about that idea of facing our fears by acting on faith. I often tell people that when you face a fear, you ought to think Christmas. Think Christmas. What is Christmas? Christmas is God is with me because Christ came to earth. God is for me because Christ came to earth and God is in me because Christ came to earth. So when you face a fear, whatever it may be, and I know there's a lot of different fears. They come in all shapes and sizes. Uh, The fear of the future, the fear of the unknown. Maybe there's somebody out there, you got a, a surgery or you're waiting for a call back from that doctor and you're facing those fears. I want you to think Christmas because God is with you. God is for you and God is in you. And when you realize that and you act on faith You can face any fear that may be coming your way so the warrior way is to accept who god says you are eliminate excuses for what god's called you to do face your fears by acting on faith and then finally uh the warrior way be obedient and leave the consequences with god if god is calling you to do something say something stand up for something and you know it's god He's confirmed it by His Word. He's confirmed it by seeking godly counsel with other believers. He's confirmed it in your heart. You've prayed about it, gotten a word, from uh, a promise from Him. Then you can be obedient and with confidence, leave the consequences uh, to Him. You know, uh, I love the old hymns. I love the new songs, but I grew up in the church, Bill and Peter. And man, those old hymns that I learned as a kid, have stayed with me all of my days. I used to love on Sunday nights, we'd have those hymn sings and people in the, I grew up in a small congregation and you could, they just said, scream out which number you wanna sing. And they'd turn to the hymn and we'd sing it. And uh, one of those old hymns was called Trust and Obey. And when I talk about being obedient and leading the consequences to God, that's what, that's what Gideon did. And I think of that old hymn, we used to sing Trust and Obey. When we walk with the Lord, in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way. I'd like to add here, it's the warrior way. Trust and obey. It's the warrior way to be happy in Jesus. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. And so we can know God always, always, always will honor our obedience no matter how hard it gets. And uh, we can just leave the consequences to him and uh, know that he'll take care of it. So this is just a glimpse of Gideon. I mean, there's so much here when you begin reading Judges chapter 6, chapter 7, and even into chapter 8. Uh, but I love studying uh, this man's life and just what we learn uh, from him. These are just a few of the uh, uh, things that we learn from these two chapters.
0: I've been taking so many notes, Jarrett, and I love an unlikely man with an
2: unlikely plan and an unlikely victory. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Well, and it speaks to the upside-down values uh, uh, from which the kingdom is often operating, right? Like the things that we value in terms of people's stature or their, maybe their fancy degrees and their fancy resumes and maybe they're super charismatic. Like we're, we're talking about an entirely different value system that's in this story.
3: That's right. You know, you think about how God picked out the king of Israel. Uh, he told, uh, don't you look at the outer appearance, right? Man looks at outer appearance, but God looks at the heart. And so uh, he just operates on a different scale. Think about our giving system. You know, we give, we're, we give 10%, uh, that's a tithe, and live off 90 Well, that doesn't make any sense. But God, you can, you, you'll, you'll, you'll have more living off of 90% than you would living off 100%. Um, it's just the economy of God. It's the way that he works. Uh, you know, you reap what you, it's the law of, 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 of reaping and sowing. And oftentimes in God's uh, kingdom, the, you, just what you said, up is down, <laughs> and uh, it's, it's amazing how God works. His ways are not our ways.
0: And accepting who God says you are, that's such a significant point to today's hour with you, Jarrett.
3: Well, it is, you know, and, and Bill, just to build on that, you know, we recently in the church had a, a family, a, a young man who committed suicide. And if you've been a pastor for any length of time, you know, you, you, you walk with these families and it's just so heartbreaking, but you get to the root of it and somewhere along the line, they start believing the lies of the enemy, uh, that they, they they don't accept the truth of who they are in Christ. And it can be so soul crushing and it can lead to hopelessness. And uh, I'm just so grateful uh, to, uh, you know, the Lord, for him speaking where, you know, Jesus you know it's Jesus' voice because Jesus always speaks words of life. I tell people all the time, you know, the Holy Spirit's in your life. They say, how can I know it's the Holy Spirit's voice and not the enemy's? Well, the Holy Spirit is conviction. That's a that's a putting your arm around, hey, let's go. I'll walk with you through this, where Satan is c- condemnation. And, and conviction, the Spirit always attacks behavior, uh, whereas the accuser of the brethren always attacks identity. Mm-hmm. So that's very important to understand as believers. Maybe another sermon for another day. But, you know, conviction versus condemnation. The Spirit convicts. Satan condemns. One is behavior. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, says that's not a fruit of the Spirit. Satan, he points to identity. You're not a tree. You can't be a son or daughter of God if you did that. And so it's two different things, conviction and condemnation. Condemnation is always coming from the enemy and it's always toward our identity. And so that's why it's got to be, we got to be very important. To make sure we're in the Word and we're learning who we are in Christ and taking it to heart and believing it.
0: Yeah. Jared, I want you on regularly. So come on again. I love having you on the show. I know Peter does too. I learned so much today. Thank you once again.
3: Well, always an honor to be with you. And I mean that. Thanks so much for allowing me the opportunity.
0: Thank you so much. Dr. Jared Stevens has been our guest. He's the senior pastor at champion forest baptist church in northwest houston that's all the show we have for today peter what a great hour
2: yeah there's so much in there this is a great example of one to listen back to again to kind of pull out some of those incredible there's so many nuggets that he gave us i will be doing that as well indeed all right
0: that wraps up our show have Have a great night everyone see you tomorrow